Okay. Are you ready to talk about a dumpster fire? I'm ready to talk about a dumpster fire. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast viewers of every age. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to A Bit of Everything. I'm Jake. I'm Simon. And today we are going to be talking about the dumpster fire that is ICBC. Which, for those of you not in BC, which I don't think is really anybody listening, but <laughs> that is the lovely uh, public insurance corporation we have here in British Columbia that you have to buy your car insurance through. Also, uh, I would like to reiterate from last time, this is not actually a car-focused podcast, but uh, turns out all of the recent news in BC is to do with yeah. your driving. So also, I think... Buckle up. The last podcast, or last episode, I think we also mentioned that, uh, or I accidentally said that it was about ride-sharing, the podcast. It's not. It's about other things <laughs> in addition to ride-sharing. It's got a wide, we've got a wide set of skills. <laughs> a wide set of topics. A wide set of topics, a particular set of skills. Uh, what, what did we say last time? Uh, less, more interesting, less... Less accurate. Less accurate, more interesting. That's what it was. Right. We're great at this. We're great at this. So are you ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in. Okay. So for those of you who may not have been paying attention, who may not know what this meant and glossed over it, ICBC has recently announced that it's planning to move to a no-fault regime with regards to car insurance. Yeah, and so a no-fault regime, for those of you who don't know, because I sure didn't before I started looking at this, um, basically means that if you, uh, someone who may happen to be uh, a party to a car accident or something involving a car, uh, means that you're no longer able to sue the other guy. Okay, but that's kind of interesting. So you're not able to sue ICBC. What what happens then? Like what what goes on instead of that? Well, so I mean, they're they're still ironing out the details. I guess we should have started this with that little disclaimer. The caveat that nothing is actually set in stone, but they have made announcements and they've made. I think they've given some broad ideas about what some of the numbers might look like. I think they've put a lot of uh, work into it so far. I know you were saying that uh, a certain professor at TRU here was helping may or may not have had a hand in it may or may not have disclosed some information to me no he's uh everything that you're hearing here is uh publicly available but but we may have insight that you don't uh so what was the question you were asking what happens if you get an accident you can't sue yeah what what happens because essentially what they're doing is they're taking the tort system out of most car accidents like the vast majority of them you won't be able to go after the other party in court Instead, it's going to be replaced by something that looks a lot more like WorkSafe BC, like an administrative process that mm -hmm. goes through everything and sorts it out that way without actually having to litigate any of this. Yeah. So basically what that means is you get an accident. Let's say you, I don't know, you break your arm or something or you, lo you lose the ability to use your arm. So uh, basically what will happen is you'll go to ICBC and they'll say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, an arm's worth $5,000. So here's $5,000. Um, in, in addition to, and I'm, I'm sure like when they get things sorted out, you know, there'll, there'll be money for actual care and that sort of stuff. But I think they're trying to move away from, uh, you know, ICBC just cutting you a giant check because that, that's exactly you got hurt. That's, that's the idea because that's so, it's hard to quantify. And the idea moving forward is that it's going to be providing enhanced care for you. So that means that if you need two years of physio, if you need five years of physio, that's going to be more what they're looking at providing you with. And they're going to be able to do that better in this new system because they are cutting out the middleman. Which Lawyers are... are on the way out. I hope not. Man, this is a bad investment. They're going to law school now. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me they were considering this. I want my money uh, back. Uh, yeah, signed up. <laughs> 
But, okay, so it, that's a pretty big deal, though, to be cutting lawyers out of most of these car incidents. Yeah, well, especially given that um, I think it's up like 20% of the work, I think, in BC is to deal with ICBC. Yeah, 20% of the legal somewhere. work. Yeah, which is a lot. Like, that's that's kind of putting like 20% of lawyers in BC out of the job. Well, it won't be all of them out of the job. I mean, let's be real here. It, there's still going to be lawyers required for what we presume to be uh, as the most serious of cases. And so what, that's, what is that going to look like then? The most serious cases? Like what, what does that mean? So the most serious cases, what I understand right now from what's been put out, and again, nothing is set in stone, is that there are still going to, you're still going to be able to take the other party to trial if there is some kind of serious, likely criminal negligence or criminal conduct going on okay. because ICBC will not be covering you. Like it's So that mean like driving like now. driving without care or something like No, not or... not just running a red light cuz that, you know, that otherwise everything under the sun would fall to that. Everyone What would if you're be like street racing your buddy and then you run over a grandma and then See, that is the kind of thing, that kind of like gross or criminal negligence that will likely be falling outside that you'll still be able to go after that person in trial, like have a trial, get a lawyer, go through the adversarial process, just like you might be able to. What if now, grandma dies? Then who sues who? Well, who's, uh, grandma's estate. Some. <laughs> I don't actually know the answer. No, well. But I don't think it matters, but. No. That, that's bad, whatever. You run over grandma, don't run over grandmas, that's bad. You'll go to jail. Right. Okay, but so, so we're looking at, it comprises about 20% of legal work. But this system isn't going to get rid of like all of that. It's likely no, it's, you're still not going to all leave. of a sudden find a bunch of like homeless lawyers. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I hope not. Not, know, a, not a bunch. I, I, think, I think, but a handful. I think. I think one of the predictions that I looked at, one of the forecasts that was looking at this, said said somewhere between maybe five and and ten percent. Uh, there's going to be a reduction in that number of legal jobs, which is still of jobs or just work of work. Well, I guess if there's of less work, of, of the works to jobs. do the jobs for. Yeah. Which is a pretty sizable reduction in, you know, the amount of demand that there's going to be for lawyers. That's which, a lot. Because yeah. I, I think I think there's what, like seven or eight thousand lawyers in BC. So if you cut 10 percent, that's seven or eight hundred lawyers. It's a lot of people all of a sudden not having work. I mean, that being said, I'm sure there's people that are looking at retiring anyway. So maybe it's just, uh, you know, a government helping you along here, you know, shuffle you out the door. And I don't <laughs> feel like they're going to see it that way, Simon. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and the, it, and it's not that's not just the case. I mean, there's young people involved. There's there's people with families who currently work, you know, either for ICBC or their personal injury lawyers on the other side who mm -hmm. are suddenly going to be having to find alternate clients, alternate streams of revenue, and really they're likely going to be coming, you know, taking that out of the rest of the pool of legal work. I mean, mm -hmm. there's only so much to go around. So if they choose to stay in the legal profession, that's going to have to come from somewhere. That's that true. work, yeah. Um, so you said that, um, what was it? You'll be still be able to sue in exceptional cases. So we talked about like, um, like criminal negligence and stuff. I think I saw somewhere too that if the driver or the person that's at fault, even though they're moving to like a quote, not no fault system, that doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be fault assigned to the parties. Because I, I did read in there that um, there, so if you are at fault, like it'll still go to affecting your insurance premiums. See, that is true. So we're not saying, you know, drive with reckless abandon. That's, <laughs> that's not the memo here. There are still repercussions. I mean, just like there would be before, if you get in an accident, that's part of the way that they cover it too. Right. Like all of the, all of the, so if you're a riskier, you're a riskier driver, you'll pay more. That's just how insurance works. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense. Um, I also saw too that if the driver is like has a previous criminal record, then you can also sue them. So it's still, I, I mean, I'm sure the government's gonna have to iron out the details on that one. But to me, that was interesting because I feel like there could be an issue there of like if, I mean, I guess it depends on what they're gonna look like look at in terms of criminal record. But like, let's say you had a criminal record, um, I don't know, for possession of drugs or something. Like you're a high school drug dealer or whatever. You did something stupid, you got caught, and I have a criminal record. I hope that doesn't now mean that just because you got caught with drugs in high school and you have a criminal record that you're all of a sudden going to be able to get sued under this new ICBC thing. That would be crazy. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I'm going to say that maybe if whatever source you got on that, and a lot of this is still in the early stages. It was straight from the horse's mouth? I don't want to say speculative. <laughs> I don't want to say it. But it's, in that case, it would likely only be a car-related criminal act. Uh, criminal I mean, that would, that would make sense. And I certainly hope that they... Uh, I mean, I'm sure they will think about that, but I'm cert I certainly hope that they uh, implement that and put that into the new system, whatever it happens to be. They said they're trying to launch, was it May 2021? I think. May 2021. Yeah. May 2021. Early so. spring. You can expect your premiums to drop by. Ooh, that's when we finish law school. I know. Just in time. We'll be able to drive. We'll be, finally. <laughs> we'll be able to drive. I'll be able to save some money. Yeah. But a lot of money too. And I think that's one of the reasons that this has been popular by some of the people that I've talked to about it is your forecast, the average driver to save somewhere around $400 a year. Yeah, it's a decent amount. That's a big check that you're able to essentially cut out to these people that, just that by getting said, rid of though, lawyers. That being said, I renewed my car insurance recently and I went up $1,000 for the year. Ugh. So even with that 20% quote unquote savings, it's it's kind, it's kind of like, you know, if you were to go into Walmart and buy groceries and they're like, oh, it's 20% off, but you didn't know that two weeks earlier, you know, they had jacked up the price of bananas by 500% and then now they're giving you 20% off. I, Similar thing. You know? You know I what? feel ripped off. I don't want my money back. Yes. I mean, but maybe this is a way of getting that to you, you know? Yeah, it's going to take a while. It's going to take at least two or three years for me to get my get your money back. $1,000 back. Yeah. I'm telling you. They're doing it, man. Government will do it. Speaking of getting money back, um, the government did also say that if you... So this new system kicks in May 1st, 2021. If you renew your insurance before then, and let's say you prepay for the year... Because um, that's how it works when you buy insurance um, for the year. You either pay for it up front or you you don't. You finance it and then they just, you know, amortize it over the period. But what the government did say, they have promised that if you renew your insurance before May 1st, 2021, um, you will get money reimbursed for the portion um, that basically after 2021. So, I mean... This scope is about a little, is, is about everything, right? We're talking about no-fault insurance here, but you got to feel like this is a bit of a political move to curry some favor with people, everybody but lawyers, essentially. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah. like, in terms of, people love tax cuts. I, everybody yeah. loves hearing that, you are know, you you're paying a little bit less. Are you saying that ICBC premiums are a tax? You know, Simon, I wouldn't necessarily say that. But if you have to drive like so many people do in this province. I guess you're kind of forced to pay you the are money. and there's no there's nowhere else to go with and i'm I'm not saying it's it's like a levy on you direct but a lot of people don't have any other choices to get to i mean work, i think you have to pay insurance regardless though right so what i'm saying i'm all i'm saying is it it's it seems like this might be something that the government was holding on to until recently to try and you know get a little bit more people on it side. is conveniently being implemented just before the election so don't think we didn't notice john yeah. john horgan we knew, we saw we got we got our eye on you we know. We know. 
But regardless, it does seem like it's going to be fairly popularly received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, money back is money back. It doesn't really matter how much. I mean, I think people, th- there has been a lot of outrage, um, I think, with the new system that came in, I believe it was, it was this past September, um, because rates for a lot of people did go up. I've heard mixed stories. Um, uh, yeah, and that's that's one thing that you mentioned about you. I was told my rate would likely go down. And yeah, you know and, what? And you know, it did not. It didn't? It did not go down. It, did, it went up. It went up. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. So my, my friend down the Lower Mainland, I was talking to him the other day, and he said that um, when they renewed, him and his wife renewed their insurance, and their insurance went down, and they live in the Lower Mainland, and she has a DUI. So hmm. we're getting ripped off. I don't trust it. No, me neither. I'm skeptical They pay and suspicious. I think, I think they actually pay the same insurance as I do here now in Kamloops, even though I don't have a DUI. Well, good for you. Good for me. Good for them, you mean. Well, no, good for you for not having a DUI. Oh, I thought you meant for saving money. I was like, yeah, it's good. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you're right. Good for me for not driving under the... Don't do that, kids. That's bad. That is bad, kids. For all the kids listening to this auto insurance podcast. <laughs> I hope there aren't You are our niche many. market. Wow. <laughs> that's the, the bar we're setting, eh? Yep. Wow. Um, okay, so moving on with more, more insurance stuff. So with this new system... I guess the the money you so you can't sue people for money anymore. So you're gonna get money based on whatever the government decides your arm is worth or your leg or your back or whatever. Um, benefits will be increased. What happens if you can't work? You know that's something that I think people are still like they they're mulling over the facts on it. I I do believe that. You know, time and I actually don't know. Hang on. I will tell you. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Simon, tell me what happens. Okay, I will. Um, so again, so this kind of goes hand in hand with the other benefits being boosted. So um, lump sum payment goes down, but other benefits go up. So currently, I think under ICBC, they will pay you uh, up to a maximum of $740 a week for lost wages. So you get in a car accident, maybe you have to take some time off work, maybe you can't work ever again. The government will pay you, or not the government, indirectly the government will pay you $740 a week. Um, that's going to be boosted in the new system to 1200 a week. Now, that's obviously the caveat of up to $1,200 a week. Right. And I don't know how they're going to calculate it. It might be, I think it's a portion of what you were making at the time. I believe, I believe I saw figures that said it would be around 80% of your estimated wages. Okay, so it's like, I guess like a similar to EI or WCB. Yeah, something like that. And there's likely thing. a wage cap on that at some yeah. point. Or I'm, yeah, I'm sure they won't pay you that money forever. Well, maybe they will. I don't know. No, maybe I spent on the amount that you make. On right? the amount, maybe. Right. Um, and I think they, they were speculating that there's going to be an option if uh, if you make more than $1,200 a week, which uh, I'm sure there are some people in this world that do. I'm not one of those people. Not I. Not right now. Not now. Um, but you can buy additional insurance if you make more than 1200 a week to cover uh, that additional loss. Okay. So in a sense, it does seem like they're actually raising the amount of coverage that our people are getting while reducing the premiums that they're paying. It's win-win. Win-win, yeah. Um, another interesting thing, too, is they were saying that the, the doctors are going to be the ones that decide the treatment you make. Now, this one was interesting for me because I was trying to think about how that's going to work. Right. Right, because you're, you're, it's not going to be a way that the, the doctors are now going to be put in a basically a position of an administrative tribunal decision maker saying that, you know, the government is now going to pay you X dollars because me, Dr. 
so-and-so said so. Right. And if it comes down to the doctor day in and day out, is ICBC just going to have their own doctors to administer this? I don't know. Well, they said not. They said it's going to be um, the the injured person's doctor will be the one making those decisions on what kind of treatment they're going to be getting. And I guess ICBC is just going to front the bill. Well, I think it's that's interesting. It, it, it is strange and it feels odd at least historically, based on how stingy ICBC has a history of being on yeah. wanting to actually pay out to people. I mean, maybe their their reasoning on this is that if we're able to cut costs so much behind the scenes, reduce our overhead to basically, you know, nothing. I think it's almost like $960 million a year. Yeah. Something it's, like it's a that. Lot. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Maybe they don't need to be as stingy and maybe they can give more deference to your personal physician, whatever, who's going to vote the whole, for you. The whole purpose of this, though, is ICBC is cutting out that $960 billion a year because they're currently paying it in legal fees. And, right. and the, they the get point, to reallocate it. Well, the point, no, the, the point isn't to be neutral, I don't think, in this situation. It's to stop ICBC from hemorrhaging money. Right. So they're not moving all of that $960 million no. to you. Oh, but, I, they're moving, but, but, but likely a portion of that money that is would have been funneled directly so. into someone else's his wallet, your litigator, their litigator, <laughs> some of that, a percentage of that can now be moved back to you, the driver. That is true. That is true. So yeah, I didn't know. I just thought that was interesting. But I'm um, going back to the, the wage losses and stuff. It looks like right now, and I hope they address this, but it looks like right now how it's going to be is your wages, whatever the government decides they're going to pay you or whatever ICBC decides they're going to pay you is going to be um, frozen at whatever you were making at the time of the accident. So and, it's interesting. No room for promotion, eh? No, I guess not. And, and so there's been arguments from surprise, surprise trial lawyers, arguing that this, you know, in, improperly, unduly affects young people that are at the start of their careers and blah blah blah. You, you know, it, it's funny that most of the complaints and op-eds that I've read about this proposed system all from have trial come lawyers. from trial lawyers. <laughs> it's interesting, <laughs> eh? Maybe because they'll be out of the job. There's no bias there, is there? No, not at all. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was interesting. And there was a, a number here uh, quoted by ICBC saying that the av- currently the average payment for future earnings. So this is, again, money. This will tie into that 1200 bucks a month maximum that you can get. The average payment for future earnings, so earnings lost, um, was $104,000, $104,562. And ICBC said that's risen 30% since 2016. And so I got this number because it was quoted by a trial lawyer in Vancouver who was talking about, you know, how it's going to unduly, inf- it's going to unduly affect young people and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. So I, I was just thinking like right now on a judgment from ICBC, when, when you sue, the, a lawyer takes 25 or 30%. Right. Whatever. That's their contingency fee. That, that's their that's what they need fee. to be able to operate. So, and I, and I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about this um, in a couple of classes in school, just about like, how is that actually fair? Because when when a, when a judge awards money for damages or pain and suffering or whatever it is, lost wages, um, you know, they award it to you based on like, we're going to give you $100,000 because we think that's what your pain and suffering is worth and that's how much you're not going to be able to wake now and blah, blah, blah. But then when it actually comes, the money actually makes it into your pocket, the guy who's been injured or mm-hmm. girl who's been injured, it's, it's that minus the 30%. Which is a decent That the chunk. lawyer has taken, which is like... A lot. It's it's, it's it's a portion. It's a fraction. It is a portion. It, it's you know. It's, I guess it's equivalent to what you would pay in income tax. However, I went and looked this up. You don't pay income tax on a judgment, even if it is for lost wages. Mm. At least that's what it looked like. Professor Singer, if I'm wrong, you can let me know. 
But it looked like it, it's not, you, you don't pay, um, the CRA is not going to come after you for income tax on lost wages. But usually, a lot of the times what happens though is the judge, when they're making that decision, is they will adjust the amount they award you in order to compensate for what you presumably might have paid in income tax. Right. So they've already adjusted it for that. So then if they do that, and then your lawyer's taking 30% of stuff, it's like, well, is is that, if, if you cut the lawyers out of the equation, theoretically, your money into your pocket goes up 30% because the lawyer's not taking 30%. You suddenly have all that free cash to play around with. That's right. So if, if you, if you consider that and you look at, you know, how much you're being awarded and then minus the lawyer fees and stuff, if, if you think about that whole situation, I don't know if it is actually as dire as these lawyers are making it seem. And I mean, so an important note, I guess, is the $104,000, like that, that's not earnings for people, like, let's say that can't work for the rest of their life. Like, no, that my, is specifically for the money that you are not being able to earn now. If yeah, you have or, something or if like, you get hurt and like you can't work for three years or whatever, like right, it'll, that it'll that money's going to you. So yeah. there's a different schema. There's a different setup if you're going to end up with something like any kind of spinal cord or paraplegia that is going to be impacting you long term in terms yeah. of working. There is a different mechanism for that. Yeah, I think. Anyways, that's it's what all. It's all proposed. We're, we're still it's in the working phase, but the... so far that is that that is the word. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that was just kind of my thoughts on that. I thought that was interesting. These trial lawyers were saying, oh, it's gonna, people are going to be out on the streets and they're going to be unduly influenced and affected by this because they're young and there's no rooms for wages. But I, I don't know. Like, if you're young, unless it's a really bad accident, like, chances are you'll probably bounce back a lot more quickly than, like, an older person, for example. It's true. It's true. So um, it kind of makes that argument that the young people will be disproportionately affected. kind of renders it moot. If, yeah. you know, sure. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know this for sure that you bounce back more quickly. But I, I bounce back. I used to bounce back quicker yeah, I, when I, I was just, young. I just bounce, and that's, it just hurts more. That's an anecdote, yeah. The older you get, the less you bounce. The more you just kind of thwack, yeah. and it hurts. It's a bad time. Um, also with that money that's awarded, when you get money from ICBC, you can also claim EI and stuff. So it's not like the, the, 12, the maximum of 1200 that you get. It's not like that's just, that's it. Like you can still claim for EI. You can still claim from, well, you get the money from ICBC. And then obviously if it was a work injury, let's say you were driving a car for work, then you could also probably claim WCB as well. So, you know, the money adds up. It, you're not going to be out on the street. Hopefully. No, no, hopefully not. Although it is interesting to talk about what areas this is covering because the enhanced care really is geared towards dealing with getting you back on your feet, which realistically is one of the major goals of tort law, right? Yeah. It's putting you back in the position that you were in beforehand. Yeah. So maybe, you know. What if you can't sue for pain and suffering? Well, that's one of the questions, right? Is going forward with this, is there going to be any wiggle room in terms of pain and suffering? You know, because that's something that you've typically been able to collect on if you get in a serious car accident that does cause you significant pain and suffering, right? Mm -hmm. If you end up paraplegic, it's not just the missed work. You've had to go through numerous operations. You've had to go through dealing with, uh, you know, really stressing the relationships on you and your loved ones and having to move through that. You know, and pain and suffering does capture something that is you know, maybe a little bit more ethereal, you know, hard to quantify than actually lost wages. But money, but it's money fixes thing. everything, Jake. Money fixes, you know, broken what? heart. Just pay them. No how problem. much? How much for that broken heart? I don't know. We'll ask ICBC when this new system comes out. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a ledger for it somewhere. It'll be about three fifty for a broken heart. Like three dollars and fifty cents. That was my guess. Ooh. Hershey's Kisses. That'll fix it. Mm-hmm. You can buy those for three fifty. ICBC can hand them out with each judgment. But you know what? Right? If I had to pay a lawyer thirty percent, that goes the chocolate. That's it. There goes the chocolate. Oh, 
then back to pain and suffering. It's just a race to the bottom. It never, oh. it never ends. So it, it, it is actually true. And just like to, to kind of sum up what we're saying about how stark the differences are going to be, the average tort system, it currently costs about $3, considering all the legal fees, to get $1 awarded for the person who's been injured. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and an administrative system, the kind that we have here, the kind that ours is mirrored after in New Zealand, mm-hmm. typically costs only about $1.20 to get $1 of damages in, awarded. In New Zealand, that's how much it costs? Yeah, well, in, in terms of like tort versus uh, administrative process, just the amount, just the amount, not even just the lawyer's so you, you fees, mean, but the court time. You mean putting it through court versus? Putting it through court okay. versus doing it administratively. But like okay. through the tort system is what I meant by through court. Okay. Yeah, so th- th- there is a stark contrast to how efficient this new system has the potential to be. And, and you mentioned New Zealand in there. Where does New Zealand come in? So the reason... We talked about New Zealand is because New Zealand actually has a system that's comparable to the no-fault system here, down there. And or you mean what the no-fault system's going to be? Exactly. Okay. So down in New Zealand, though, it's even more broader encompassing. It's essentially uh, an, a tort replacement system for all manners of injury. So it's kind of like if you bundled up ICBC WorkSafe and kind of gave it even more reach than that. So it's just kind of one giant administrative tribunal. To cover WCB, car insurance. Exactly. They bundle it all together. Exactly. Interesting. And it has been fairly effective at doing its job there. There haven't been any kind of big setbacks, you know, and it has been turning out fairly even. It hasn't been hemorrhaging money Mm -hmm. quite like ICBC (laughs) has been doing here. The dumpster fire. The dumpster fire that is ICBC. So, honestly, I mean, looking at it as a driver, as a lawyer, well, not not a personal injury aspirant, but as someone going into <laughs> well, the not legal anymore. Don't do any otherwise. work for you. Yeah, no, certainly. I, if I ever was, not anymore. I I am hopeful, though. I'm hopeful that this can be something good. That this can not only get people more in terms of helping them get back on their feet, but that it'll actually be more efficient. And so you will get the justice that you need sooner. So you, it's actually going towards making you better faster. I hope so because um my thoughts on this is like we're going to end up with a system that's like wcb is now and i've heard i mean a couple of good things about wcb but not a lot you peppered know, like, in there I, you've I, heard I have, a couple of good things peppered yeah, in on something else you know that salt bay sprinkle it on top kind of thing but like i have a couple of friends who have just had nothing but bad luck with wcb like they they you know they they just they don't get the money they need they don't get the care they need mm-hmm. um they don't maybe they only get care for a certain amount of time and then it's maybe not enough time mm-hmm. so i wonder kind of hearkening back to the thing i was talking about earlier with the doctors making the decisions about the care that you need if icbc actually does that and actually implements that maybe that's that's what bc the government's trying to think is going to mitigate that issue of of not, you know, getting kind of 80% of the care that you need and not all of it. And so I wonder if, if that's going to be, I guess, the effect of, of doctors kind of not having the final say, but having the final say uh, about what kind of care um, each person gets based on their individual needs and their individual situation. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing that you really hope happens, right, is that they come at this in good faith and that they are trying to make the remedies fit holistically and that they will actually fully solve and fully repair the person who's been injured. And I hope 
based on the fact that we have this example in New Zealand, that we've seen what WorkSafe BC is like in BC, mm-hmm. that, you know, they can design a system from the ground up. They have the chance to make something which is, you know, not burdened by too much baggage if they're re- essentially redesigning ICBC. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if they're not burdened by any of those things, that hopefully they'll be able to make something that works. That's a hope, though. That's a hope. <laughs> That's a hope. That's all we can hope for. And I mean, it is a couple of years away. Well, almost almost a couple of years away. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, it'll be one of those wait and see things as it often is all right well that's all i've got that's all i've got okay cool well thanks for listening uh tune in next time it'll be in a couple weeks because we've got uh spring break coming up here so we won't be able to record but spring break and i'll be in toronto doing your moot doing my moot very exciting best of luck thank you uh looking forward to hearing how it goes but until next time this has been a bit of everything with jake and simon bye bye bye